Everybody's working. With that time, Jersey. You should have all the signs at this point. Now, the weather as we record this in Kansas City is not quite December-y, but it will be that way very, very soon. Right now, you know, you can enjoy the the nice temperatures outside. But you're post-Thanksgiving. I've got my first box of candy canes in the kitchen right now, and we all watched some truly terrible football on Thanksgiving. And then some, like okay football and then some not very good football again and nate taylor i don't know if there's a better way to ring in the true holiday season than celebrating with friends and family around some of the worst football available on mainstream television (laughs) god bless you bears lions (coughs) yo let's take a quick recap okay did you say recap because that's what we should call this yeah let's take a quick recap um (laughs) it took russell wilson 59 minutes to score a touchdown, to lead his team to a touchdown. Uh, you know, the team that the Chiefs are playing this week, the Denver Broncos, I'm I'm struggling to know if the Denver Broncos did anything well or if it was just Justin Herbert's worst game that I've ever seen him play, yeah. which we'll get into that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it's over, guys. I mean, the Chiefs will play the Steelers at some point, but it's over. Like... Uh, I mean, I guess it's not over because Mike Tomlin's too good at this, but it, it's kind of over, right? Right, Josh? Right? I I think I think it has been so close to over <laughs> for so long now so long. that at this point, I don't know if I don't know if it's like saying that Aaron Rodgers was washed right before winning the MVP, or if it's more like saying that <laughs> that Ben Roethlisberger was washed <laughs> because he has been for. Most of my adult life now, I think. Uh, it's over. Uh, I'm going to say it's yeah. over for, for the Steelers. They tied with the you Lions. Know, that's, that was, I hope that's the lasting memory. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the Saints wanted them. The, the, the Packers wanted them. Hell, the Chiefs wanted them. And give credit, Odell Beckham Jr., it's been a fine individual. They just haven't won any games with him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Zero. Weird. Zero games. Football. Uh <sighs> But hey, he had a nice he had a nice slant go route for a touchdown. Um, I mean, is the team that you should fear the most the New England Patriots I, all of a sudden? Like, I am what so is glad. happening? I am so glad you said that because just just a couple days ago, I saw some like poll. I think it was a poll question on Twitter. It was like, which of these teams would you most not want to see in the in the playoffs? And the Patriots even being on the list was shocking to me because mm-hmm. I, I ain't afraid of no Mac Jones. That's not, I I will not be, I don't care. I will not be afraid of Mac Jones until it's far too late. But also, who else is good? The Bills aren't even leading the AFC East anymore because of those damn Patriots. Yeah, I mean, the the Titans are kind of, you know, having a a expected regression. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate, but that's kind of where they are. Um, I mean, I thought, Look, no one understands the Raiders season, okay? Let's just all admit that. Mm-hmm. No one understands the Raiders season. Um, they get torched by the Bengals, who might have a little bit of a bounce back. Shout out to them. But they go back and they beat the the Cowboys when the Chiefs felt good about themselves for beating the Cowboys. I don't, I mean, all of this is to say, ladies and gentlemen, is it was nice to take a week off and watch football on a, on a couch for hours and hours and realize that, like, there are two truths. Josh, everything is in front of the Chiefs. Mm. 
And at the same time, you and I know both, perhaps our listeners know, ladies and gentlemen, if you think this team is running the table, what have you watched this entire NFL season? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. like it's all like it's it's all in front of the Chiefs. Yeah. It's all right there. Yeah. Go go do it. Also, man, you can't expect no team to win six straight games in a row this year. No, and you go, but, but guys, they play the Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers. They the Broncos, I, I still don't think are very good, but uh, you know, <laughs> I think they're the best bad team in football. I think Ooh. is where I'm at. We're like, Ooh, in, okay, in, in the Chargers are like the worst good team. I, I think might just be my split oh, there. No, 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 that team is the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, 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 see, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I don't bet. Okay, because I was in a Survivor League. Well, I still am. I mean, I'm, I'm in the Survivor League, and um, I've been going undefeated. I was having a very Georgia-like season yeah. in terms of Survivor League. And then I put my faith not necessarily in the Eagles, but more in the Giants. The not, sort of, yes. <laughs> yes. Just, just not being very good. Right. And the Giants tried to give that game away. And then the Eagles were like, no, 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 sir. Let me, let me, no, you have the victory. No, 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 you have the victory. And so I, I, I want to say the Philadelphia Eagles are actually good. Like they might be the, the best good team that's not record wise good. Yeah. But come on. I mean, it hit my man in the hands twice, twice in the end zone at the goal line. The goal only scored, the, the Giants only scored 10 points at home and somehow uh-huh. won. The just the ugh. the Colts almost put the Buccaneers fully on their heels and then didn't because Leonard Fournette <laughs> in 2021 was like, no, I'll score all the points for you, Tom. Don't even sweat it, man. Don't even sweat it. We, yeah, we we could have we could have lost two out of three to the to, to the Washington football team and to the Colts. No, it's all right. We'll give the ball to Leonard Fournette enough to just keep scoring. The Colts, a team on the rise. The Colts, nobody wants to play. A Colts that's not in the playoff picture. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. I don't. I I don't know. Uh, hey, hey, you know, you, nobody wants to play the Colts. Jim looks up their roster. I mean, they do have Carson Wentz, so maybe you do want to play them. That's yes, exactly. That's where I'm at. You you can pick all these teams. You know, nobody wants to play this team. Well, I kind of, I just kind of feel pretty much the same way about just about everybody. You know who I thought was good? <laughs> the Ravens. I was pretty sure the Ravens were good. They scored 16 points against the Browns. Uh, you know, and the, and the quarterback threw four, four picks. picks. Four picks for Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know I think, what? I think that's what I think that's what I broke Holly. By the way, over the weekend, I think, <laughs> I think that's the moment I broke Holly. Was like, why are we watching this? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, true that. Um, At some point, I did something unimaginable on Sunday because I was with my family in Florida and um and all of that, and and. I did something I haven't done in a very long time, which was change the channel away from red zone to another thing, just because I wanted mm. to see how the uh, the Sporting Kansas City playoff game was going to go. And then uh, that was terrible. Uh, that got uh, bad at the end. Yep. Because no, because nobody in all the, no Georgia's good. Even Alabama has lost a football game and almost lost again, and probably should have. <laughs> Ev- nobody, everyone's a Tuscaloosa fan because nobody knows what's going on anywhere. And that's welcome yeah. to sports, everybody. We all yeah. have to and, stop gambling on it. Yeah, no, look, look, I don't put a single cent on on these on these on these. Unless you're gonna, and if you're events. going to gamble, you should you should bet with our partners at BetMGM. 
Yes, it is, please do. Because here's the thing. I'm if you're going to lose your money, give it to them. With us. <laughs> I'm, I, no, I'm not. I'm going to say go win your money. Because here's the thing. We're all having a lot of fun here. And Nate's going to tell you what he does in terms of betting on football or not. And he's going to be mm-hmm. the smart one. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend to tell you that it's not fun. And it's and it's not fun at the end, but oh man, oh, oh you man. hit that one six team that one six team teaser. You move those lines around six points at a time. You find yourself on the right end of a nice a nice big teaser. It's and hard to beat Kirk that. Cousins lines up behind the guard, and then and then the Vikings happen. And you're like, well, I got five out of six, which isn't good for anything, Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knew that was coming, right? It I think the Titans show. just needed to not lose by like 17, and the Patriots blew them out. Yeah. But look, <sighs> look ladies and gentlemen, if you've listened to this show, you knew Kirk Cousins was coming. Oh, know. yeah. Oh, you, you yeah. Um, so look. We know, uh, we know. Listen, Kirk, we know who you are, right? It's okay. I know. Look, I mean, he's, he's, got, he's got numbers that will put him in all sorts of positive categories yep. among all quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And yep. I get it. And very frequently, I think those numbers are really helpful in understanding the sport of football. And yet I still have more fun watching Taylor Heineke Absolutely. play quarterback than Kirk Cousins. And you just like, know that it's coming with Kirk. I, I don't I don't know if people can be clutch or not clutch in reality. I, I don't I don't know. I think maybe just being great. Aaron Rodgers is clutch because he's great at every level. Which by the way, Aaron Rodgers Fresh off of, you know, various homeopathic medicine choices and a broken toe <laughs> suffered in quarantine. It's like, no, it's fine. His, I'll just, hey, Matt Stafford. Foot to everybody. But yeah, here's my foot, everyone. And Matt Stafford, you can go back to the kids' table. I'm used to doing this to you, but now you get to do it in a different uniform. Awesome. Sit down, young fella. I'll take it from here. Matt Stafford's like, but Aaron, I'm 32. <laughs> like, no, it's kids' table. How old is Matt um, Stafford? 33. So look. So look, that was a that was a lovely, quick recap of week twelve in the NFL. I mean, are you asking if it was week twelve or not? Because I couldn't tell. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, it was. Week, I just looked it up. 12? Oh, okay, week twelve. Um, as we as we move into the all important these games matter of the season, uh, and look, they all matter. We all know that, but like some games matter more than others, and that's mm-hmm. usually after Thanksgiving. So we've we've reached December. Credit to us. We all did it. Um. You know, I I I had a wonderful time. You were in Florida. Yes, it's great. Seth is still in Florida. We literally miss each other at the Tampa airport by less oh, than an hour. I know. I, I was seeing the text and I was just like, man, that Yeah. Thank goodness we had Joe's earlier this season. Yes. Cause it was there was some real some real rom com missed connection stuff happening there <laughs> in the Tampa Bay Airport. Oh. Uh, and look, the Tampa Bay Airport is very nice. Oh, it, it, it's really nice uh, in comparison to the insert. airport that I flew out of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and flew back into Midwestern Airport. Yeah, uh, re- but redacted, redacted. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, they're, they're working on it. So while you guys were doing that, and I was, I was trying to stay off my phone, mm-hmm. uh, social media wise, just give me a nice little break. <sighs> I did come across what the NFL did to us, Josh. Okay. <sighs> It, it's it's good for the public. It's good for the public because, again, they gave us a game. And it's unfortunate because you can't really flex out the uh, Thanksgiving night game. But they gave us a game uh, with one team that had a quarterback and one team that didn't. Mm-hmm. 
And so the NFL was like, we're not doing that again. Mm-mm. Oh, no, we're not. So, ladies and gentlemen, yet again, Chiefs Broncos is in primetime. Oh, yeah. On Sunday night. Yeah. Instead of it being at noon. Yeah. Um, which I think this game kind of deserved at the time. But then the Denver Broncos went out and had their most impressive win of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, weirdly, the AFC West is up for grabs in terms of uh, who will lead it on Sunday night following this game. Uh, I'm trying to build this up as little as possible, y'all. Um, because Teddy Bridgewater had to <laughs> answer a question as to like, hey, man, why they beat y'all ever straight times? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, hey, dog, I just got here. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't my fault. Ask Drew. <laughs> Call Elway. Ask Elway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I I want to feel excited about this game, and I, I eventually will when it gets to like seven o'clock on Sunday, um, because there are some interesting matchups. But ladies and gentlemen, there's a reason why we ask for mailback questions, okay? <laughs> and the NFL flexing. Broncos at Chiefs yeah. in week 13. Yeah. I just didn't see it coming, okay? No. Uh, Josh, I have now told the public how I feel about this game. And we're coming off a of bye week, so mm-hmm. it's like we don't... You're, you're not you're not just in the rhythm of the season. You've sort of... Obviously, we've all sort of taken a break. Yeah, I'm a little hungover, and probably not literally, <laughs> but there's really no way of knowing. <laughs> Continue, Josh. Tell the people how you feel. I, and look, we know we know how Seth feels. He's seen water yes. brush up against sand, yes. guys, and that's rare. His okay, feet are in sand right now instead of in. He's snow. not even think like he's not even thinking about Chiefs Broncos. It's no. it's it's an amazing feeling. So look, there were some people last year who were like, "Hey, you guys didn't give the Raiders any thought Ooh. the podcast before the loss." Which is true. And you know, and you know what? It's it's very much true. Um, your Honor, we apologize. Yeah. Uh, now, we are going to give this game, I think, the credit it deserves. I think so, but yeah. I, but 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 look, one of, the, one of the co-hosts of this show isn't on right now. Yeah, because he's in <laughs> sand. He's, he's making he's sand watching, angels. He's watching water brush up against sand. Last uh, week, I saw I saw uh, wild dolphins up close, and I saw a stingray. And this week, I'm going to wait until GD 7.30 <laughs> p.m. To watch Chiefs Broncos. <laughs> and look, the AFC that day. and the AFC that we know now won't even be that same AFC when, no. when kickoff begins. No, here, here's here's my last here's my last thing. And we can then we can dig into how we feel about Chiefs Broncos and what we're looking for. And then we do have a bunch of a bunch of good questions. People came through yes. for the mailbag today, uh, and and we'll get to some of the kind of news bits as well. But you want to say that we don't know? You, you just week to week the NFL completely changes. So here's what I would like to point out. Right now, as we are speaking, Nate, right now at the podium in Seattle is Seattle Seahawks running back Adrian Peterson, <laughs> who is joining the three and eight Seahawks. <sighs> Pretend I told you that five months ago. <laughs> 
pretend I told you in training camp that on December 2nd, Adrian Peterson would be having his introductory press conference with the 3-8 and eight Seattle Seahawks. Football! Yep. It's such a good sport, man. It's dumb. Yep. It's so dumb. But, man, it's, it's, it's such a good it's, sport. It's, uh, it's very dumb. I love it and, and how stupid it is. I love it. Adrian Peterson on the three and eight Seahawks. Come and get some NFL. Oh, fabulous. Um, let's let's and so for for Chiefs Broncos. Here's the thing. Uh, I really this is not like oh I don't know what to make of the Broncos. I genuinely feel like I have a relatively narrow range of outcomes of what the Broncos actually are. But because we have seen such a wildly fluctuating version of the Chiefs this year, like you said, like you think the Chiefs are going to run the table. What are you even watching? Not just for the Chiefs, but the entire NFL this year. Mm-hmm. Where I look at the Broncos, who won three games against three terrible teams to start the season, and then lost four games to uh, three AFC North teams and the Raiders, then beat Washington and then the Cowboys, and then they lost to the Eagles, the best bad team no the worst good team in football <laughs> and then they beat the chargers maybe the best bad team i'm not sure which one but they they played those two teams in back-to-back weeks those are the perfect midsection of the the very lopsided nfl i don't think they're good but i think the best version of the broncos would certainly beat the worst of the chiefs that we've seen this year i just feel like like you said, we got called out accurately last year for not spending enough time on that Raiders game. But I kind of feel like the Chiefs off of four wins and a bye week and some extra time to prepare for the, a Broncos team that hasn't beaten them since I was in diapers. I've used that joke too recently to have to explain it again. It's still funny to me. <laughs> All of that makes me think that this this three-game stretch of Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers, the Chiefs have real incentive to win those three games. And obviously yeah. three divisional games, because if they're 10 and four and they chalk up all of those, I think the division's basically over. And that's incredibly valuable if they can get there. So I, I don't know what to predict for this game, but I do know that it does very much matter. And that if there is an upset here, it would be pretty alarming for the Chiefs who, who just seem like they got the ship all right. Then they get the bye. If they, if they stub their toe against Denver, that would be mm-hmm. genuinely alarming, but not in the way that it would have been alarming for them to to lose to the, I don't know, the Eagles maybe, or because, because of their spot in this league, or even in the way they lost to the Titans, or if they would have actually lost that game to the Giants. The Broncos are better than those than those teams, I think. Um so it's 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 a plausible loss that they can't really afford to lose, I think. Yes, no, there, there's no question, and, and you're spot on. Um, also, Josh, it's 11 straight games, not 11 straight years. Um, yeah, 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 no, yeah, so that means so about six the, and a half years ago, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, just, you know. Uh-huh, I don't see the problem. I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to picture you in diapers, and I don't <laughs> I don't want to get there. Uh, but I am but I am visualizing that, and I don't know, I don't know, y'all. It's, it's upsetting, said, I mean, it's definitely said, unpleasant. It, yeah, he, you you honestly set me up. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, six and a half years. Yeah, that seems right. I'm not sure what I, you're hung up on. Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I think the Chiefs will win this game. Yeah, I did uh, I will be mildly surprised depending on the outcome if they lose or how the outcome um, equates to a loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
what I'm most interested in beyond just the bye week and overall the the increased health that the team should receive from that. And obviously Andy Reid sort of scheming some things up, figuring out some weaknesses that they could tighten up, both he and Spagnolo, obviously, along with Eric Bieniemy. Um, you know, I just I just get I just get the sense that like it is truly in front of them. Yeah. Um, how long can Baltimore keep this up? Who the who the hell knows? Obviously, we'll see what happens with Tennessee. Um, the Colts are kind of still a thing. Uh, you know, Chiefs fans will weirdly be rooting for the Bengals on Sunday because mm. uh, they play the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, have you know? Is Justin Herbert kind of going through a slump? Uh, similar to what Mahomes had earlier this year. That that's a question to be to be uh, examined. But yeah, I. You're right. If the Chiefs, you know, obviously the first step is to win the division. The easiest path to do that is obviously winning your divisional games. They should do that on Sunday. Um, we're going to get to the to the news of the week here in a minute, but um, I I think you can. I think you know we're going to give it the time it deserves, which is about a few more minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I I think the Chiefs will. Um, this is as healthy as you could kind of ask to be in early December, in my opinion, yeah. given given everything that's occurred so far. So, um, real quick, it doesn't look like Rashad Fitton is going to play because of his sprained knee that mm-hmm. he had tackling uh, Ezekiel Elliott late in the fourth quarter of the, of the Cowboys game. Uh, obviously, he was in the best stretch of his career um, prior to the injury. You know, Lucas Niang uh, practiced – on Wednesday, he did not practice today. We're recording on Thursday. Who knows what will happen uh, if you're listening to this on Friday, but Andy Reid will give an update. I'm not sure if it's necessarily a setback or it's just a, hey, uh, give it more time. But it, it appears, Josh, that it's another week for Andrew Wiley to be the Chiefs right tackle. Because Rimmers is, is not been activated. Three weeks are up for him. Yes. He's actually yes. missed four now, but yes. but not been activated. And I did not see him anywhere near the practice field. Uh, today and or Wednesday. Uh, but who I did see was Kyle Long, who yeah. has been activated. Um, Andy Reese said he'll take time. Uh, it would be a lot to ask, in my opinion, to put Kyle Long in uniform, given that he had no training camp, no preseason games, and this is the first week he could be eligible to be in uniform in a backup role. After um, not playing at all last year also. Yeah, after yeah, exactly, coming out of retirement. So a lot to ask of him. But that's a positive sign that he's back, that he's someone that you can rely on hopefully later on this month and into January if the plan goes the way it's supposed to go for this team. Um, and Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman did not practice on Wednesday, but all appears to be fine. Uh, the Chiefs are one of these rare teams that have not really had a COVID issue coming out of Thanksgiving. Um, so that's a good sign for the team. Um, but they should be fine uh, after having... Uh, an off day on Wednesday. They're back today. I expect them to be practicing on Friday as well. Um, is there anything that I've missed, Josh, in terms of like news with the roster? Uh, just that, that Hardman and Hill were excused yesterday for non-injury reasons. So um, unless there's anything else around that, I just want to make sure we mention that. So I didn't hear. Wait a second. Is, are they hurt? Yes. Uh, and, and yes. I mean, Hill and Kelsey both clearly seem banged up, you know, throughout most of this season to this point. Hopefully the, the bye week is helpful in that regard but yeah I think I think that's everything I mean like you said you you expect that it'll be Wiley at right tackle again and 
I'm I'm very curious to see them ultimately dig in on Niang and, and where Rimmers ends up and Long too, I guess in in that mm-hmm. in that group as, as a whole. Because right now, I mean, if Orlando Brown Jr. or Andrew Wiley were to get hurt, I think Prince Tego Wanago is getting reps, um, mm-hmm. which is a scary place to be. Mm-hmm. Not ideal. Not ideal, but uh, you know. Rimmers will be back at some point. Niang will be back at some point. Uh, it's just one of those, you know, the team has to get through this week. And uh, I, I I get the sense that, you know, if you look at the injury report, uh, the Chiefs are the healthier team right now mm-hmm. than the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denver Broncos got a lot of guys on the injury report. Um, a lot of guys who didn't practice on Wednesday. So um, use the bye week to the best of your advantage. Uh it's unfortunate that not everyone's back, but most guys are back. The one other thing, I, I kind of feel like we're doing the show backwards for a preview episode. But we had a lot of time off, and I want to get to all these mailbag questions, so I'm, I'm good with it. But but I think for me, kind of the last pre-mailbag thing on on the specifics of Chiefs-Broncos that I'm interested in from, from your angle here is if they do lose this game, and mm-hmm. you, I, you, you have to fill in how they lose, right? Um, but, but assuming it is not because... Patrick Mahomes test positive for COVID or something and that Chad Henney plays football. But like if, if they lose this game in a way that looks anything like some of their struggles earlier in the season, or even if it's a back and forth, if it, here, this is why I'm not sure that, that how they lose matters all that much. If they lose in a, in a shootout, defense couldn't stop Teddy Bridgewater. If they lose and it's a low scoring game, Chiefs offense couldn't get off the ground again this week for some reason. And so I, I'm a little bit interested in, in doing sort of the, the, uh, prepare for the the worst sort of uh, angle of if they lose this game, how much air comes out of the balloon for you? Because I I think with with the way that they would lose would again still could be a number of options. I think you almost forget about the Raiders and Cowboys game and get back to a point where you say, all right, okay, this team actually beats. Daniel Jones and Jordan Love, but then lost to Teddy Bridgewater, and then now this next Raiders game is no sort of guarantee, et cetera, et cetera. If they mm-hmm. win this game, even if it's not terribly pretty, I think you can count that all as sort of being a part of this stra- the same winning streak that you don't have to pick at quite so much because it wasn't, you know, the Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, Steelers, Bengals, Broncos is how they end the year. The only offense there that I'm like currently a little bit worried about as a real, real test for this defense is Cincinnati, and they had their, mm-hmm. their struggles earlier this year also. So if you have to look into the, the crystal ball a little bit, how much would a loss set this team back? How much could a win actually add to what you think about them? Uh, a win would suggest that they are the team that you could perhaps trust the most in the AFC alongside the New England Patriots, uh, because we need we need large sample sizes based yep. on, on the way this year has gone. Yep, absolutely. So look, the only the only two teams I trust right now are the Chiefs and the and the Patriots in the AFC. Um, I I give a lot of credit to what John Harbaugh um, and what the Baltimore Ravens have done. I just wonder if the injuries are eventually going to catch up to them. Yeah. And Lamar's kind of been you know, Lamar quietly kind of going through a slump right now um, as well. So are Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and every other quarterback <laughs> in the league broken? Next on first take. <laughs> so, um, you know, I guess I can, I guess I can trust 
the Ravens' defense, but I, I just want to see a little bit more from the Ravens' offense. So I, I, I have trust the Ravens. Everybody else I have no trust in. Yeah. Um, a, a loss would kind of put that the Chiefs back into that, like, man, I want to trust them, but uh, yeah. it's it's getting really hard, guys, because it's like December. Um, I... It would, like you said, it would have to. We'd have to see how they lost necessarily, but um, but look, that would mean the Broncos would be atop the AOC West based on tiebreakers, and that's just you know, hey, it, it would it would be emblematic of the season. Um, but I think I think Chiefs fans want to trust this team. I think Chiefs fans are ready to uh, not necessarily get on the bandwagon, but I think they're ready to. Um, the further you get away from that Tennessee game, I realize just how much of a one-off that was. Where, again, as I think I said on the podcast after that game, everything went wrong. Everything. Ugh, we didn't even snap the ball right. Um, <laughs> what is, I love this character. Uh, this, uh, couldn't even get on the plane right. I mean, it went all, it all went to shit. Is this? <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to get the pun. I think I'm going to get the pun. I'm trying to get a Nate Taylor, Larry David. I don't know. I'm having a hard time. That's who you sound I like. Just, I or just me. look at that time in, in Nashville. And, I mean, uh, Tyron Matthew couldn't even get off his cell phone. I mean, just <laughs> his, his flip phone. It's, I mean, what was he doing? This is, this is <sighs> Doc Brown meets Nate Taylor meets Bernie Sanders meets... Uh, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure what else lives in there. That's, that's Josh, a fascinating character. <laughs> Joshua, <laughs> Joshua, uh, Ryan Tannehill didn't throw the first touchdown pass of the game. <laughs> it all went bad. <laughs> oh God! Uh, but as I get further and further from that game, I am reminded that the team I root for has Patrick Mahomes, and it's led by a Hall of Fame coach, Andy Reid. And a defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo, who's the only one of his kind to win two Super Bowls being the defensive coordinator for, for two different teams. I I don't know where this is headed. I just know that it all went to you-know-what. I'm afraid and, that this bit ends with your character coughing out and dying. And it's, go, it's been gold dust ever since. <laughs> While you were doing that bit, Antonio Brown got suspended for three games for lying about his vaccination status. And somewhere, Aaron Rodgers leans back in his rocking chair and says, Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron Rodgers sits back in his rocking chair and then sits forward again and crushes another toe under it because maybe that's how that happened. To see here, fellas. I hear there's some guys elsewhere doing hideous crimes. <laughs> Let's get to the mailbag. Let's oh do my some god! Questions. That was the oh. longest bit you've ever done, and I'm really I'm in favor of it. It's just uh, jarring. So Antonio Brown, Mike Edwards, and John Franklin the third have been suspended without pay for the next three games after misrepresenting their COVID nineteen vaccination status. That's the official report there. Oh, that's awesome. That's really that's really good. I just saw a tweet um, 
that this is the most Antonio Brown thing. I'm scrolling back down because I'm so bad at actually remembering who writes these things. Oh, it was uh, Michael Sean Duggar of, is it Duggar? Dugar? I don't, I don't know if I've heard his name, but it covers the Seahawks for, for this very website. It's a great Twitter follow, even if you only sort of care about the Seahawks. They're interesting. But mm-hmm. Sean uh, or Michael Sean tweeted, uh, my guy. Uh, Antonio Brown lying about his vaccination status is the most Antonio Brown thing Antonio Brown could do. And this is a dude who once went overseas and came back with frozen feet and later showed up to work in a hot air balloon. He ran out of characters to mention that he was wearing a spray painted helmet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was not league approved. No, that one had been and, and ag- rolled out. And again, ladies. Again, ladies and gentlemen, that's a that's a small footnote as to why the Chiefs won the 2019 Super Bowl. Good grief! Everything everything's connected. We all live in a spider web, and, yep. and every and every spider on it is basically eight and eight. Look, let's not forget Antonio Brown ruined the Chiefs' arch rival, and in the same season couldn't stay on their biggest contender in, in the New England Patriots. And that helped the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. Because that's a that's that's a Hall of Fame talent uh self-combusting two organizations in, in the conference. Thank you. Thank you, Antonio Brown, for being crazy in other places. Let's get to the mailbag. Let's do that. We've got one here from uh Seth Kisor. That says, uh, hi, Josh, long time, first time. Why is it rocking my world hearing Christmas music while I walk around at a water park in 75 uh, degree weather? Well, um, Kazor. Uh, yeah, Mr. Thanks for Mr. Mr. Kazor, I believe. Th- thank you for the question. It's, 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 uh, it's always great to hear our listeners engage with us. Yeah, especially uh, ones you don't hear from very often. Not at all, really. Um, the reason why it's rocking your world, sir, is that you may live in a place that it's not 75 degrees during Christmas time, but you somehow transport it to that place. Yeah, magically. Maybe physically or mentally, and that's why it's rocking your world. You 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 see the balance in life, and I just want to give you praise and applause for getting to a place where you could walk around water in 75 degree weather and listen to Christmas music because not everyone um, receives such a grateful blessing that you have. Uh, I will add this on on this very important question from this new listener of ours. Uh, I was on Twitter yesterday kind of for the first time in like a little over a week in terms of just like, I was just sitting and scrolling through Twitter just to kind of see what was going on. And Every single person on my timeline had a take about the value of running the football. And oh. if you're a listener of this show. Shout, shout out to Eric Eager, our, 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 our lovely friend. Eric Eager wrote a story. Lots of people, lots of our other friends, people from The Athletic, former mm-hmm. right tackles of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Lots who we, of people. Who we also, who we also enjoyed. Yes. I mean, it was, it was a friendly discussion. Ted Nguyen had, had a disagreement with Moo from Pro Football Focus. I like both of them. And they disagreed. And I here's where I ended up at the end of all of that. I realized that conversation does not appear appeal to me from a uh, sort of sparring on Twitter perspective. It's not fun anymore. 
And I just think that whenever you guys realize that maybe being on Twitter is not necessarily what you need from your life right now, just go put your feet on the grass. You know, if you got sand, go do sand. If it's, you know what, if there's snow outside, don't put your feet in it for very long. Take off your shoes, go put your feet on some ground outdoors and put your phone in your pocket and just, and then just breathe for a second. Cause I got to do that for like a week and I, I came back glowing. I am literally on fire right now, mm. which seems dangerous. Mm. Um, this is a kind of interesting one from uh, from the Claude on on Twitter. Do you or Nate believe there's a sort of threshold for Frank Clark's level of play that if he hits it, he would not be a cut next year? He specifies post June first cut, which would obviously help yep. him spread out that cap hit. Is mm-hmm. there is there a a cutoff where Frank Clark cannot be cut next season? Yes and no. I wonder if your answer is similar to mine, Josh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Frank Clark would have to continue the pace that he's on, which I'm going to write about in the athletic. And it's, it's guys, it's kind of reminiscent of January of 2019 just, mm-hmm. just, or 2020, excuse me, excuse me, January, 2020. Uh, it is reminiscent. Um, he would have to play at that level, uh, obviously stay healthy, of course. And the no is, um, how about we would do that restructure yep. now or later? Yep. And 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 when I mean later, I mean it has to be done by March tenth. Yeah. Uh. So, I think all parties involved understand this. Um. When you, by the way, when you sign a contract, um. This is now. This is in the spring of 2019. So, I think Demarcus Lawrence was the highest paid edge rusher at that point. Um. Frank Clark had obviously been franchise tied from the Seattle Seahawks. They did not have cap space to keep him in their opinion because they gave a lot of money to russell wilson so when you are traded for for a first round pick that team needs to sign you to a long-term contract which the chiefs did uh you are in essence supposed to give that person the most money physically possible Mm -hmm. knowing that that deal is roughly a two to three year deal based on the circumstances. Yep. Well, now we've reached year three. All that other money, I mean, it's there, but you know they ain't touching it. Yeah. You know you ain't touching it. Um, when you sign a, a deal of that caliber and you're not a quarterback, I think everyone involved knows that like you're either going to have to restructure it or if you're unwilling to take less, you will be a cap casualty. And the team can move on from you elsewhere. Um, so if you like your fit, if you like the uh, organization, if you like your teammates, if you're having the success that you want, or you're getting close to the success that you've had in the past, which is the case for Frank, then you can re- you can restructure that um, in a more manageable manner. Um, because yeah. that'll also help you keep Tyron Matthew, which you know kind of goes back to that whole teammate thing that we talk about all the time. During the offseason. So it's a yes and a no answer. I know that's somewhat complicated. But yes, if he plays well, um, name me the person who's going to be in free agency who can fit this system and play better. Yeah. At least right now. It's, it's kind of a hard. I know that's a hard question to answer. And or can you move up high enough in the draft to get that player younger and cheaper in terms of a replacement? And the Chiefs don't necessarily operate that way considering. Mm. Well, as. <laughs> 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 considering that they trade up a 
fair amount of times. Mm-hmm. But at some point, Clark Hunt's got to be like, Keen, you stop doing that. Because <laughs> <laughs> the quarterback's going to make the most money here soon. And not not the most on the team, the most in the league. Yeah, the, mo- uh, the most in the world. He's going in to, the world. Patrick Mahomes is going to get paid in Amazon in a little bit. Not the uh, company, the forest. So great question. Uh, Josh, do you have anything else to add? But I, I think it's I think it's a yes and a no. Yep. And this is why this is why the offseason is so fascinating because you can make an argument for both sides. Um, and that's where things get sort of contentious. And it's a business, ladies and gentlemen. Never forget, it's a business. Yep. I think there is less than a 10% chance that he would play next year on his current contract structure, like you laid out there. Um, also worth noting, though, whenever we're talking about the dead money on Frank Clark's contract, we're talking about prorated roster bonuses for 2022 and 23, not guaranteed salary. So mm-hmm. if the Chiefs cut him outright, they would have to carry $6.8 million in prorated roster bonus. They would make it a post-June 1st cut. I don't see the benefit in doing it all at once. Uh, and then have $6.8 million against the cap from Clark's bonus in 22, and then 6.8 in 23, and he would go play somewhere else. But if the Chiefs could offer you know, a, a competitive deal with what he might get in free agency, and especially if he generally would like to stay around here, I think that a healthy very productive remainder of this season could open the door to that. Mm-hmm. I do still think if you're Frank Clark, if you're trying to get the most money, you want to, I mean, yeah, go ahead and cut me. Let me hit free agency again and see how this all works out. The chiefs are going to have to deal with this, this prorated bonus from his deal anyway. And so I I do think there's probably a realm of possibility that he is on this team on a restructure of some sort. The funny thing, though, is that if he plays really, really well and well enough to to put that back into play, it also means his price tag would go up. And so I I would still I think I would lean either direction, no matter how this the rest of this year goes. I think I would probably still lean to him not being on this team in 2022. But I was leaning that way a lot harder six weeks ago. Yep. And the player knows that, too. And so the player did the right thing in terms of getting healthy and he's done the right thing since of being uh, as productive as he possibly can, um, surrounded by his teammates who are also healthy and, and doing a better job at their job. So um, obviously it'll be something we monitor as the season goes along. But um, I do want fans to understand that like Frank Clark enjoys being a chief. Mm-hmm. Like that 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 point should also be mentioned uh, from time to time. Now, how much of that will be a factor moving forward? Right. Well, that's where the whole business standpoint. You know, the business prop, you know, the process of that comes into play. I think you've you've already pretty much answered this, but just to get a straight on one here from Todd Reeves, what's the right tackle situation? Who will start Sunday night? Yeah, Todd, uh, thanks for the question. Thanks for listening. I, I think logically it has to be Andrew Wiley, who, when not blocking uh, Micah Parsons, has done mm. an admirable job. Mm-hmm. It's just the the Micah Parsons problem, which ask the Raiders how that went. Cause yep. oh oh god, he's lethal. Um, and that's coming off four days, y'all. Yeah, man, that dude's good. Um, what I'm more fascinated with, and I'm sure this kind of is an undertone within the question, is there's probably more upside with Lucas Niang. Mm-hmm. But in playoff football, you kind of want to go with who's steadier. And that might be Mike Rimmers if everybody's fully healthy. And then obviously Andrew Wiley can be your swing tackle and or he can even go down the guard if something happens there. Mm-hmm. 
um, for the betterment of the franchise long term, you want to get as many snaps as Lucas Niang can take on. Um, so that'll be a fascinating tightrope to walk if that is what's available to Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and obviously offensive line coach Andy Heck. Uh, what are you valuing right that minute mm-hmm. to help you win that week's game? Or the experience will multiply that younger player's potential in the future. From No Place Like Mahomes on Twitter, who will be the X receiver down the home stretch? Gordon, Pringle, Ooh. Hardman, or Robinson? Ooh. Josh, I want to give this to you because Lord knows I can't. <laughs> Lord knows I can't give a good answer on this. I mean, is the, de, consider Demarcus Robinson as a zombie, y'all. What he's, I mean by that he's is dead. Nope. What I mean by that is oh, as soon just as you when, think he's dead. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, and yeah. I love I love Demarcus Robinson. Uh, Theoretically, he fits the offense really well. It's just, you know, this is what separates great players from, like, NFL players. And by the way, being an NFL player is hard enough. But he has some he has some uh, roller coaster to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and for whatever reason, guys, I don't know if it's the wear and tear of the season, and Seth will probably back me up on this, but when I look at the tape over the four-game winning streak, Byron Pringle's not really getting open, y'all. Um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in here because I wanted to I wanted to specifically get this question from Ian. Why aren't the Chiefs scheming plays for Pringle? I feel like he's had way more impact this year than McColl. Is that wrong? And then also that it feels like we no. forced the ball to Hardman at times. I'll come back to Hardman, but I want you to just loop that in on on Pringle Robinson and obviously Josh Gordon. We'll see. Yeah. So when I look at the all twenty two, both live in the press box and after the fact, um, I think Byron Pringle was getting. Like he, there was a real increase in terms of speed from last year to this year coming into training camp. Uh, he slimmed down a little bit. He talked about that. Um, there were times against the Chargers in the in that third week where I thought, man, he's really, you can really tell he's improved his route running. He's creating more separation. Even though he didn't catch the ball that well, he was open, um, which is obviously like you know step two <laughs> of the mm-hmm. receiver process. Uh I don't know if it's, again, I don't know if it's a wear and tear of the season. I don't know if he's changed, you know, uh, whether he's his his he's increased the the pounds back to what he was normally playing with to get through the physicality of the season as it obviously wears on, or if there's something else going on physically that, you know, is not injury reportable, mm. um, in terms of like being on the injury report, but like just isn't obviously isn't known publicly. Um, so you have to think about all those things. The reason why the Chiefs scheme up things for McCole Harbin is very easy. Yep. Uh, he is second-round pick. Yep. He fast as hell. Yep. And if he just doesn't fumble the ball, he's a big play waiting to happen, regardless of however you think about him. Yep. Um, and they can they, – there's a little bit of jet sweep, you know, misdirection and stuff that they can scheme a little bit easier for, for him than Byron Pringle. Uh, the most – impactful play that Byron Pringle has had over this four-game winning streak is when they actually did scheme things up for him for his touchdown against the the Raiders, where the play was to make it look like he was going to block a DB, and he sort of gave, you know, he sort of raised his hands and then, you know, scooted by him uh, as a defensive back. I can't remember who it was for the Raiders, but they were flat-footed, and then Mahomes on a rollout 
uh, hit him hit him for a touchdown in the kind of in the immediate intermediate area. Uh, that'll be something I'll watch actually based on this question now because it, I just hadn't thought of it a ton. But when I look back at it, it's just like man, um, Byron Pring was getting open against the Ravens, and we know what happened on that play. He 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 ran by dudes, so the speed was there. I just don't know necessarily why it hasn't been the case of late, um, and we'll see how much the bye week helps him in that regard. I just think Byron Pringle is – I don't know where in this group, but I've I've been going through pro football reference the entire time you were talking there, just trying to mm-hmm. – just trying to figure out if comparing him to Albert Wilson or Chris Conley is fair. But I, I honestly – do that. Say that again? I don't think you can do that. I don't think I can do it either because I – I kind of think that I kind of think that Albert Wilson and Chris Conley both had higher ceilings than Byron Pringle does and I know that it's fine if you love Byron Pringle it's especially fine if you're a K-State guy or lady or person if you're a K-State fan and you want a Byron Pringle Chiefs jersey and you think it's funny that his name is Pringle those are all great reasons to get yourself a Byron Pringle Chiefs jersey number 13's a good number on a jersey you should feel blessed and free to do that but I don't think that it's reasonable to expect the Byron Pringle number two X receiver thing to ever really happen. But I've been saying that for a while and he's had some good moments, but so of all of those guys, you, you said everything I was going to say about, about Hardman. It, he, he, he absolutely has been relegated to the third Pokemon evolution of uh, <laughs> of Dexter McCluster, DeAnthony Thomas, and and McCole Hardman, and that's he's, disappointing. So he's, but he's Char- he's Charizard, but he's the Charizard of those three. Yeah, uh, he's he's yes. and really like Charizard is too good for that. But uh, <laughs> Charizard is, Charizard is a is a goat. Uh, he means his dragon, but he's a G O A T. Yes, uh, I'll come up with a better I'll come up with a better third evolution for now, McCole now, Hardman now, in a second. Now, I was going to leave it up to the audience. Who is Charmander oh. and who is Charmeleon? <laughs> I am currently trying to come up with a good, fast series of evolvable Pokemon, and at some point, I'm going to deliver. I'm gonna. De- Ooh, hold on, McCole Hartman might be Beedrill. Dan- Dexter Mc- Dexter McCluster is not a Weedle, though. That's not fair. <laughs> and and no, this that's not fair. No, that's that's not he, good enough for the is, two that preceded him. Is is he well? Is he butterfree? See, that's I. I actually, I think the bug path there is good for the final form. I think it's unfair to Dexter McCluster and D'Anthony <laughs> Thomas. That D'Anthony Thomas is. What, what was the second evolution of the, of the first? I should say the the, the we uh, got Weedle and Caterpie for Dexter uh, McCluster in these analogies. I mean, Dexter McCluster is Caterpie. Let's let's just let's just be real. I mean, cute, lovable. Has his moments. More explosive than you think. And then, and, uh, you know what? You know what? D'Anthony Thomas is Metapod. That dude broke his leg and still and still was out there, like, what, a year later? A year and a half later or something? Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. And then so, and then McCole Hardman is Butterfree. Yeah, I can live with that. That's fine. Okay. I'm all see right how we pro- See how we problem solve ways? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Time's Ours. Can you tell that we're coming off a bye? Because we, you, the rest versus rust debate is not hard to find in a podcast. It's rust. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see here uh we talked about our thanksgiving so that was good our tricks still just for kids in 2021 when's the last time you had uh, see i i eat magic spoon exclusively now so this is they yes, you know what right. tricks are for kids uh, exclusively because magic spoons where it's obviously at 
Um, assuming this is from uh, Kevin Kuzil- Kuzilka. Sorry, Kevin. I really, I really botched that one. Uh, assuming relative health come playoffs, you taking the 2019 defense or the 2021 defense? Mm, ooh, that's that's a ooh, that's a tasty one. Uh I have to look. I know the history of Chiefs football just as much as I'm sure everyone does. That's listening. Take the team that's already won it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, there fair. is, there is, there is promise though um, with this group, and I'll give you a few reasons why. Um, I think Chris Jones is slightly better now than he was in the 2019 season. Um, is Willie Gay better than all the linebackers in 2019? Yeah, Josh? yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, absolutely. He, he kind of is. Um, Nick, now, look, I don't know how many people praise Damian Wilson for what he did mm-hmm. in his time in Kansas City. Um, you could have a real nice debate about his experience, knowledge, toughness, and obviously what Nick Bolton has brought so far in a rookie season. Yeah, Com- um, and comparable. Like, a, that's a reasonable yes. comp for their current spots in their careers, for sure. Yes. Um, I can't tell you how impressive... I shouldn't say I can't tell you. I'm obviously, obviously, I'm telling you, Ooh, we are <laughs> we are incredibly rusty. Um, it's tough, man. I hope this isn't anybody's first episode. <laughs> what what I what I always want to remember is two people. Oh, can I guess one of them? Yeah, sure. Kendall Fuller's got to be in this group, he's, right? Yep, he's he's one of them. And yep. then is it? I'm now I am looking at the roster. Is it uh, is it Emmanuel Ogba? No, he was hurt by that point. No, he was hurt by that point. So, although he had a, he had a nice stretch to start the. He year. did, yeah, but he was hurt by then. Yeah, so I, I, I'm definitely cashing in on on Fuller. And I, well, I've got my guy, but we'll get to my guy. Yeah, so Fuller, um, who was still at probably the peak of his athleticism, he's mm-hmm. kind of dipped a little bit since then. Um, but but like, just at like. Just as smart as Tyron Matthew. It's just Tyron Matthew's like a legendary player. Mm-hmm. But to replace Juan Thornhill, to go from slot corner to safety back to slot corner, who you need me to cover next? Okay, I got it. Yep. You know, the whole scheme of the play. Okay, cool. Who what are we doing now? All right, like um and to kind of be that third safety so that Daniel Sorensen didn't have to be that player. Yep. Um and look, Dan Sorensen has I mean, he's he is a cult legend. He is a cult hero in the franchise history. We all know why. But part of that is because Kendall Fuller could kind of be a jack of all trades when yeah. they absolutely needed it. And they were already starting to trend that way before Juan Thornhill got hurt. So at least he has some bit of a run up to it. Um, I don't. It's tough to say. Like Juan Thornhill has more experience now than before, and obviously he was not part of the true playoff run. Um, so that's an interesting thought process, too. There mm-hmm. was no luxurious need at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but remember, y'all, Bashar Breeland was excellent in the postseason. Yeah. Um, even though he didn't really do anything, like, extraordinary. Yes, he yeah. had the interception against the 49ers. But you know why that play happened, Josh? And I wonder if this is the reason, this is the player that you're thinking of. Tell me who it is. Who is it? Wait, who is it? Is, is it Mike Pinnell? Oh no! I, for me, I was I was going to go back to Breland also, um, but oh, Mike. Oh, 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 oh. No, no, I'm I'm not that complicated, Nate. Everyone knew that I was going to talk about Bashad <laughs> Breland at some point. <laughs> that was that was in the cards. Who, who, by the way, reminded. Oh, what a great moment on Twitter! Thank shout out to oh. whoever ran the clip. Yes. What, what was what was? Hey, look. I know I'm on the Vikings now, but look at my look at my imaginary ring. Yep. <laughs> to the 49ers. Pointed at his ring finger going against the Niners. Oh, so good. 
Uh, no, Mike Pinnell is a great a, a great call. But if you wanted to say Jaron Reed, maybe he ends up in the form and he has a Mike Pinnell impact or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm chill with that. But for me, the Kendall Fuller point is an excellent one. Maybe your combination of Legereus Sneed and Juan Thornhill basically even that out. Mm-hmm. But right now, with with Rashad Fenton being being banged up at this point, and me just feeling like the corners are a heartbeat away from something terrifying happening, I would not want Aaron Rodgers to have a chance to pick on Mike Hughes or DeAndre Baker. And I would have felt a lot better about him not being able to do that against at least the 2019 version of Bashad Breland. Yeah, that's a that's a very fair point. And um, yeah, it's it's a fascinating question, and I'm so glad that uh, we can sort of discuss this because I'm, I'm I'm sure people are listening to us right now and they're like, "Well, I, do, I can actually go this way, or I actually go that way," which makes for obviously a, a great uh, discussion, but. Um, I mean, we haven't even gotten to Frank Clark. I mean, that, that's the right. height of Frank Clark's career. I mean, right. Frank Clark, ladies and gentlemen, I know, you, I know you may not realize this, is one of the all-time leaders in postseason sacks in the history of the league. Yep. Essentially based on one postseason run. <laughs> I mean, it's wild. Um, I think, he, what did he have, six sacks in the in the postseason? It was, it was five or six. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was really good. Um, obviously, he helped stop Derrick Henry. He set that edge. Uh, he had one of the greatest postseason rants in football history, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, James Palmer still hasn't been able to fully <laughs> relax after that. He's still a little tense. <laughs> well, there's a reason why James Palmer always goes to Frank after, after yep. the Chiefs win. Yep. <laughs> on NFL Network. Yep. And, shout, and shout out to James. We talk about that all the time. He's like, man, anytime I can get Frank, yes, yes, shake, yes, yes. nod your head. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. 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 Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, um, I'm going to I'm gonna lean towards a younger also just a younger um Tyron Matthew too right I, I'm gonna lean yeah that's a good point the, yeah, I'm gonna lean towards the 19 defense me too but hey if it all comes together you know Melvin Ingram I mean he's even better than what Terrell Suggs was mm-hmm. and that's not that's no slide that's no shade to Terrell Suggs Terrell Suggs was the perfect complimentary rotational guy for a defensive line that was quietly just as good as a 49ers defensive line in January yeah. um I remember that because I wrote that y'all um but but yeah, like Melvin Ingram could be like a real dude for like a team that potentially could, you know, be the most trusted team in the AFC, which may equate to going back to the Super Bowl. I and I think if you wanted to boil that down to would you rather have Kendall Fuller or Willie Gay, I would I would very much listen to it kind of coming down to those guys. I think that's I think those are the mm-hmm. two most interesting pieces on on either side. Um, here is a, uh, longer question and I'm going to form it also into a, a reverse shout out to, uh, the question from Chris Plant, uh, who is both, uh, editor in chief of Polygon and also one of the hosts of a podcast called the besties that I'm pretty sure I've mentioned before while reading one yes, of Chris's sir. questions, but, uh, it's a video game podcast with Chris and Rush Frustic and two of the McElroy brothers being Justin and Griffin. And I love this podcast very much. And Chris gave us a shout out this very show, Times Ours, in the last episode of The Besties, uh, talking about um, this show and you pod to win the game being a couple of his uh, go-to podcasts after a long day and everything. And it just absolutely warmed my heart and also has given me something to tell my friends who either like that show or at least know, <laughs> who, you know, might be Mac- McElroy universe fans or whatever. I really who don't care about sports or my job at all. Uh, it gave me a point of reference. But like, are you guys listening to the besties? Cause here's the thing. 
Chris and I are basically besties now. I got th- I feel like, you know, honorary besties. So thank you, Chris, for giving me something yes, to uh, to really impress Renee and my other friends who don't care about this podcast otherwise. <laughs> uh, and if you need a video game podcast in your life, there's not a better one than the besties. So uh, Chris asks, this is sort of a long question. This week we had the LA Rams settlement and the news of RG3's Washington tell-all, plus the broader ongoing federal investigation. I know, man. It's a lot. It's a scorcher. It's a lot. So far, NFL owners have done everything to stay out of court and risk exposure of internal docs. Gruden as the pseudo exception. All right. Also, now Gruden is trying to take this all to court, apparently. Mm -hmm. Or is he trying to settle? We'll see. That uh, Seth already actually chimed in on this as well. Uh, But Chris continued, but do you think the NFL can stay buttoned up forever or even for the next few years and if not what sort of impact do you think it will have on the league and the chiefs when the public truly sees how the sausage is made the clark hunt new mexico suit being quietly settled for five million dollars in 2019 feels like an example the chiefs aren't immune from all of this um and so and also (laughs) that's a good you got real close to the microphone (laughs) Uh, but you also had him being a name involved in the st louis lawsuit and when I think any time any owner gets implicated in something, that's scary for every owner. And Clark is the chair of the of the financial board or financial committee or, or whatever the, the actual term of that is. So finance uh, committee, finance yeah. committee. Thank you. Uh, so, what do you think about all of that, there, Nate? Can the can the NFL keep their nose clean forever? Um, the logical answer to that is no. Mm-hmm. The harder question that I always have to wrestle with. And that I'm now putting the burden along my fellow listeners, including Chris. Do you care? That's I think that is also yeah because you do it because the NFL will print money if you give them a printing machine. Yep, like they will continue to demand your attention because the product is unequivocally excellent yep like yep it's it's look i watched lions bears yes with my family on thanksgiving because it's tradition my little sister had to watch andy dalton play football and the nfl notice they notice we do we notice okay um the nfl has patrick mahomes not the chiefs Mm-hmm. The NFL. Mm-hmm. The NFL has Tom Brady. Do I want to watch Man in the Arena? I'm going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait for reviews to start coming in, I think. Um, do you care? And I mean, that's that's ultimately the hardest thing because I think, if I, if I think... I think we, I think we do care. I, I, right. I want to preface this. I think we do care. But... Um, the owners, the owners know the business inside and out. They know our behavior habits inside and out. They know what's coming um, before they ever want to reveal it to you. And NFL owners don't want to necessarily get involved because, um, A, they're not super interesting outside of, like, Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're rarely interesting for good reasons. With those two guys in mind. NFL owners, they don't want you to look at them. Yes. And I don't mean that in like a negative way. I just mean like they, the product. Okay? Talk about the product. 
not yep. the person. Yep. Clearing these checks. It, this is what. So one thing to to put a slightly finer point on that, and I think you you got to it yourself, but I'm going to double in on. I don't, we're not saying do you listener care about these things, but it's a question of does a, do enough people care to turn off the football? <laughs> and this is this is also not in the same realm of of what Chris is pointing at in particular. But like think think back if if you're going to think about people saying they'll stop watching football, um, you could either. Take that from people who saw how the NFL treated Colin Kaepernick and said, wow, that is garbage. I am not supporting a league that runs this dude out for this. Or you could look at the people who would say, uh, wow, I can't believe this league is letting players kneel during the national anthem. I'm done. And in the aggregate, I'm sure some individual people probably turned it off. But in the aggregate, nobody really did. A, an in an in impressive, unimpressive number of people ultimately said for any reason and from any number of heinous things to very silly things Mm -hmm. actually said i'm turning it off i'm gonna be really pissed whenever inevitably the nfl puts ads on their jerseys it's the thing i'm the oldest man about and i'm cool with it (laughs) why why nfl why roger goodell i'm gonna i have this voice in me also and we've got to we've got to stop taking jersey ads for the top one percent of the top one percent Look at Alabama's jerseys. <laughs> Look at Penn State's. <laughs> I don't want Oregon on my television on Sundays. I do think that mine went far, wait, a little extra burning there. Uh, but I, I'm going to be pissed when that happens, and then I'm going to watch the next game. that we're The, the first game with the ads on, I'm going to tweet about it and complain about it the entire game, but I'm, gonna, I'm still going to watch. Um, the, the one thing that Seth said more in direct response to to kind of Chris's gist of it there with Seth saying maybe eventually something will happen, but generally speaking, people are always going to settle with a company that's willing to pay through the nose. And I, I think that's a really good point here because the NFL will pay for you to go away. So you don't have an excuse to go through these emails. And so my, tell me if you, if you think that this tracks Nate um, yep. and then we should probably wrap. I just looked up and realized the time has flown by. Um, but tell, tell me if this tracks I bet we have not seen the last of people being outed, outed and ousted, I guess, the Gruden side of things. I think mm-hmm. eventually Dan Snyder's got to go. Right. I was going to say that that's, and that's in, that's as part, this is crazy, as part of an investigation into Washington's, you know, culture. Yep. Th- there are going to be people kicked out of Washington. Um, but did the John Gruden thing, this is and like, I do not mean for this to be flippant at all. Did John Gruden getting outed as a racist, homophobic bigot who shouldn't, who who simply should not be in charge of people by the way that he speaks about them behind their Mm -hmm. backs, who also Mm -hmm. hates Roger Goodell, all of these things. Did any of those things hurt the Las Vegas Raiders? I don't mean Mark Davis because Mark Davis has to settle with Gruden. I don't mean Gruden because he's out of the league now. Right. but did any Raiders fan, after Gruden, and maybe if Gruden would have stayed, you know, that, that would have been larger implications. But after John Gruden resigned with his really soft statement, did that, was that bad for the Raiders as a whole? It, it wasn't, it wasn't good publicity. I'm not saying that. Correct. But I'm saying, did any li- lifelong Raiders fan say, I can't root for this team anymore because 
Mark Davis employed this guy for this period of time. And I don't know that it does. I don't know that it moves the needle yeah. for at least enough people. Yeah, I mean, again, a little, little complicated of a question, but mm-hmm. I, I get your I get your overall point. Um, it's the jerseys, man. Yeah, um, that, exactly. Which I shouldn't put ads on them. It's, <laughs> it's it's the jerseys. It's the it's the ritual, um, and I say that in the most reverential way. It is a ritual. I, I called my nothing. grandpa yesterday for his birthday, and er, somewhere in the first few minutes of our conversation, he asked about, you know, if the Chiefs have gotten it all figured out. That has no, – there is no thought in that conversation to mm-hmm. emails or lawsuits or St. Louis or, or L.A. or Vegas yep. or any of that because we've grown up – caring about these teams in this sport our whole lives it's about it's about the relationships that you have with people around the sport and how much dang fun if scott hansen if scott hansen has some terrible emails come out you know then that'll really hurt me because i I trust scott hansen i trust my red zone but that it's about it's about the the connections you've already made we don't know john gruden from bleep we just know that he looks like chucky and now we know a bunch more about him that that you know, obviously really puts a dim light on his freaking Corona commercials. Yeah. And it sucks. It's, it, it sucks, but I don't know that it, I don't know that people are turning off the sport. I, I'm trying to look it up right now. Um, and I hope I can connect this really quick. Um, I love the television show, Mad Men. Mm-hmm. And there's a, uh, it's Elizabeth Moss, Moss who plays the character Peggy. Um, and she's, She's selling popsicles, but it's a like again. It is the same thing in football. Popsicles in the summertime. Everybody mm. can relate to that. Yep. And the ad was essentially a mother breaking the popsicles in half. One stick goes to the son. One stick goes to the daughter. It is a ritual. Mm-hmm. And ladies and gentlemen, football Jesus exists because it's a ritual. Yeah. He opens his hands and he gives you football. Yeah. Every weekend in the fall. And it would take someone of cultural, of countercultural strength to sort of get, 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 get past that or get, or turn, turn from that. Um, as a journalist, we always want the truth. We always want to learn more. Um, it's important for the public for their knowledge of what's going on in mm-hmm. an industry that they're obviously very, uh, that they consume a ton that they're clearly in, uh, in, interested in and are giving large portions of their, um, means mm-hmm. of their dollars too. Right. Um, and so it's, it's all important. And, um, Man, if Chris wants to ask us more questions, he by all means can. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've gotten somewhere that we were not an hour ago. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think that, like, um, the ritual of football is it's just, it is, it, is, it is as American. It's more American than baseball. And that is saying something mm-hmm. right now in our culture. Yeah, I think, and I, I do think that all of these things will chip away at, at, again, at individuals and even individual teams and all of that. But ultimately, I think that even to, to use Chris's phrase of can the NFL stay buttoned up forever, 
I think the, the NFL can let a couple of buttons loose and it still might not it still might not really matter unless there was something so cohesively centralized that it implicates the entire league and every owner and every GM and every head coach. You know what I mean? We're like, yeah, it's something something truly sick in that system that you can't feign ignorance about. I don't actually think nearly as many people are ignorant about who John Gruden really is. I, I don't, I mean, if you want to really start, like Andy Reid's talked about, you know, being friends with John Gruden many times before this recent, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do I think that Andy Reid has heard John Gruden say something that John Gruden shouldn't be saying? Probably. You, you're around somebody. Do I think Mark Davis was totally blindsided by the true character of John Gruden whenever he hired him? I do not believe that. But ultimately, it, it, unless you're sending emails back to John Gruden that are saying all the same things, I, I don't know if it can be powerful unless it is specific and then if it's specific it doesn't implicate the entire league and so i i do kind of think that it's gonna just sort of be this until something insane happens and i don't know what that would even look like honestly so yep i just i just want to i just want to read the ad for popsicle back in the day in a fictional universe that was madman take it break it share it love it that, ladies and gentlemen, is what football. That's what that's what football wants you to do. Take football, break it, and then share it with someone, but ultimately love it. And then our last questions from producer extraordinaire Danielle. Why isn't this yeah. Nicolas Cage Dracula movie out right now? Well, you see, Danielle, <laughs> we wait when Nicolas Cage is ready. <laughs> that's true, Nicolas man. Nicolas Cage does not wait when we are ready. You do not microwave a Nick Cage movie. No, you don't. He, guys, he was in a movie with a pig, and I, I was I, encapsulated every second. I still got to watch it, man. The trailer was the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Incredible trailer. Um, so if you don't know, so uh, Nick Cage is uh, is returning to, this is from uh, The Hollywood Reporter, returning to a big studio movie and will play the meaty role of Dracula in Universal Pictures' monster movie, Renfield. Renfield? Renfield. Um... The character of Renfield is played by somebody else. I don't know. I don't know anything about Renfield. And I haven't read Dracula. What I know is that Nick Cage is going to play Dracula, and then I'm going to be there for it, ready, ready whenever Nicolas Cage is. Because you're right, Nate. You don't tell Nick Cage to hurry up. You tell Nick Cage you take your time, and I'll be here with my watching eyes as soon as you're ready, sir. Yes, sir. Fire it up. Thank you for the questions, everyone. I hope we spent enough time on Chiefs Broncos to not accidentally put any curses anywhere. Yeah, um, and, we did our uh, best. We just we did our best. So thank you, thank you for the questions. Thanks for uh, being. Je- I didn't see a single person. Maybe it's because I wasn't on Twitter that much. I didn't see a single person asking us where we were or why we were lazy and taking off time over the bye week and Thanksgiving. So thank you to everyone who understood that. It was very nice. Uh, I know for all of us to get a little bit of a, a breather with with family over the holiday, and we're back now. There's no more no more days off until I mean maybe I don't know maybe the Super Bowl. I guess unless you're sad. <laughs> Still, still that, still that majestic middle-aged man yes. on a sandy white beach. Yes, <laughs> the Noah Gray of this podcast, <laughs> currently perusing the beaches somewhere in Florida. Really, our our Florida man now. Yep. Uh, this week, keep your eyes in the news, folks, and and see if see if there's anything about a Minnesotan lawyer, you know, 
doing bath salts, I guess, because I think that's the only thing you do in Florida. It's what I did, at least. What? Who said that? Wrap the show up, Nate. Um, if you've come this far, thank you. And from all of us, uh, Kent, Danielle, Seth, somewhere in Florida, and Josh and me, um, thank you for sharing on the Twitter yes, or on Instagram yes. of listening to our podcast as one of your top podcasts on Spotify. I love, I love um, Spotify season. What what a lovely what a lovely surprise! Uh, this goes out to Marcus Baker. I'm gonna butcher some names. Uh, Josh Hilger, I believe. Uh, thank you, sir. It was, you know, Nathan S. Um, to see our little logo, and I remember when Danielle showed me it before. I think we ever recorded our first episode, like our first mm. full episode before the 2019 season, or like right around uh, training camp. And, and to know that like that is people's top podcast. Um, it, it's just, I, I have so much gratitude and it is incredible uh, to know that we have brightened your day with this silly football team that never plays a, a non-weird game is just really, um, really encouraging. Uh, thank you so much. I guess at some point Seth will be back, but you never know. Say. You never know when people are in Florida. You just, <laughs> you just, you just can't predict the future. So, uh I guess we'll get back to a more normal show if Seth does want to leave Florida and watch Chiefs Broncos. Um, but seriously, if, if if you've been with us for however long, uh, we are.